You are listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 95. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. As our guest today, Kate, would ask, is there something nudging inside of you to play an even bigger game in the world? Maybe it's to create a better business or to have that better marriage that you're longing to have or even strengthen a better relationship with your kids or how about having a better relationship with yourself, but you don't know where to begin or hell, you've tried a million things, but the same shit keeps happening in all areas of your life and you're wondering why, why me or how, how do I make it better? Well, you're in for a treat because Kate rocks this episode as we dive deep and talk about all things personal leadership, stepping into your power, taking control of your life, taking responsibility. And today we're going to talk about what is personal leadership, what are the key principles of personal leadership, and why it's not working for you. And we're also going to walk you through some ways to get it working for you. If you're wanting to seriously make some changes in your business, or in your life, then I encourage you to sit back and get ready for an absolutely wicked episode. But before we hop straight into this awesome episode, I'd like to remind you, if you enjoy this episode, I would love, love, love for you to share a key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything you'd love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories, and tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting. Why? Because it would have put a smile on my dial. Also, this episode is sponsored by my 12-month group coaching program, Profit Pillars, which helps women in business create consistent five-figure months and beyond. My 12-month group coaching program for women business owners who are ready to take action is all about this. It is a 12-month program designed to give you complete access to the Profit Pillars training systems with PDFs, guides, videos, and more, monthly live strategy sessions, monthly live hot seat calls, monthly mastermind classes with guest experts, 24-7 access to a private Facebook community, world-class member support, special bonuses, secrets, and so much more. To learn about how you can join my 12-month group coaching program, simply head to Angela Henderson com.au and click on the little button that says want to create five figure months under the where I can help you. Now let's get ready to rock and roll this amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Kate. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're over in Bali, the beautiful Bali. I, we've been to Bali about five or six times. It's just a magnificent place. And so today, sun shining for you over there? Raining. <laughs> oh, raining. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's, I love it. I love it. I get to be inside and a little bit more cozy. Kind of pretend yeah. that it's like cozy and cold outside, but it's not. Because <laughs> you're originally from New Zealand. And so did you transition quite easily over to Bali? Oh, um, yeah. So we're, we're Kiwis. I've got, you know, I'm married. We've got two kids. And, you know, to be honest, the first year was a transition for sure. Transition, uh, you know, it would have been one thing if I just came over on my own, but also I'm transitioning two kids into schools here and a different culture and, you know, learning a new language. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was something. It was something for a year, but, but we grew through it. I, we aren't the same people now as if we would have been if we had stayed in the same place. And you've been there now for five years. So that, I mean, that in itself is showing that you guys must, you know, you've got, it's a place that you guys dearly love. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my daughter is, has done her whole high school here. She's just about to graduate. And it's, it's amazing because it gives, it, it's, everyone has a unique perspective that we wouldn't have had if we had been in New Zealand. Yep. And it's the beauty of travel, isn't it? You know, we've, uh, my kids are 10 and six and we travel every year to pretty much a new country or a couple of countries. And you know, it's, it's what I love being able to give back to them because I feel what they see in these other countries and the connections that they make with the local people is just strengthening for where they're going in the future. Mm, absolutely. Yep. So now listen, I've only, I have to be honest, I've only started to know about you, Kate, just recently when your amazing team had submitted a podcast application. And I was like, who is this amazing lady? I need to know more about her. And it is an honor to have you on here because not only do I love meeting amazing people, but 
who are doing amazing things, but equally the impact that you're having, uh, obviously, not only like say in Bali where you're living and in New Zealand, but like internationally, the ripple effects that you're making is absolutely insane. So I'm super, super excited to have you here today. Mm, Thank you. Before we jump into the episode, I always like to ask the guests something fun about themselves. So just so that the listeners get to know you a little bit more for who you are before we jump into the nitty gritty. And I know you like to travel a lot and I know you've just been and you've been to uh, Mexico a couple of times. So my question to you is, is what's your all like your go to Mexican food that you like when you land in Mexico? Oh, um, I'm trying to even think. Uh, it's been a while. Maybe just the tacos. Just the tacos. Okay. Because for those of you, like, I mean, I'm obviously currently in Australia, but there's like authentic Mexican food. And then there's like, like Australia doesn't even tap into it. Right. And so I just love when I I did my high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and just having like the authentic, you know, Mexican food is such a delight. So tacos, good one. I do love a good enchilada myself, but yes, Mexican food all the way. So now I could talk about food all day, but that's not what we're here for. So can you tell us a little bit, Kate, just a little bit about where you come from, where you're and where you're at now, just but kind of that little bit of your personal journey? Yeah, for sure. So these days, the thing that I'm probably the most passionate about is she. And so I've founded and I run Australasia's, so Australia and New Zealand's largest leading women's leadership empowerment event. And that is the thing that I am just so passionate about. We're growing it into a force of nature for women down this end of the world. Um, And, you know, this, what I'm living now, the kind of life that I'm living, not that it's perfect, but it is um, at the biggest scale of what I could have imagined. I couldn't have even imagined this years ago. You know, there was a point in time that I had a drug addiction And then I had an eating disorder, I had anorexia and I had depression and social anxiety that, you know, I struggled to even talk to someone in the supermarket. So to be running an event like this and to be making, I suppose, the difference that I make and to, you know, even just being on stage talking in front of thousands of people is uh, a, for me, it just reminds us of what's possible for us all because nothing has got me here except being really clear with myself that I wasn't a failure mm-hmm. and that I wasn't a mistake and that the experiences that I went through weren't also a mistake. Mm-hmm. And yep. in understanding and really getting that, I've just taken each step, each of every part along the journey and then also been willing to take the next stretch step and the next stretch step. And every time I've had stuff come up of because there's always that little voice for all of us oh I can't do that or you know it's I don't have enough time because you know I'm a mum as well I've got two teenagers or I don't have the resources for that or I don't have the permission or I don't have blah 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 or yes I'll do it when just being willing to constantly confront my own bullshit and drop it and then take that next stretch step anyway and it's quite amazing what can actually happen over time when we're constantly willing to drop our own bullshit and show up at the next level, even when it's scary, even when we don't know how. Fast forward the years, we can actually make some magnificent strides. And now you mentioned, again, being able to have those stretch right in there tell me a little bit though before like because obviously what you're doing now is pretty profound like it's absolutely amazing the lives that you're touching but I want to go back a little bit like what was that pivotal moment like I know you talk about on your website that you again I'm assuming had I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol on on that particular night but you were talking about like laying on the floor and you're looking up at the ceiling and you didn't know if you were going to make it through that particular night was that the pivotal moment for what you need to do next or was there another pivotal moment you're like like shit's going to change and I'm here to make a difference. Like, was there anything or was it a chain of events for you? That was that moment lying on the ground with the needle hanging out of my arm was a rock was the rock bottom that um, brought me to my senses. It was the thing that kind of forced me into insight and brought me to this crossroads decision to either fight for my life or go the opposite way. And so that was a, that was the turning point for me that had me decide and realize and be so confronted with what had actually happened that I realized that. And the decision was that I was going to do whatever it took to turn my life 
life around. But that's that's all I could see. I didn't know what was beyond that. Beyond that, 100%. Obviously, yeah, like you said, you're sitting yeah. there going, I just need to make it through the night and then let's just take one step at a time. So fast forward where you are now, where did the idea of she come about? Like, how, did that again, was that a, an evolution? Did it evolve? Were you like double downing on it? Like, how did that come? Because it's a pretty magnificent uh, community and ecosystem you have going. Yeah, really, it's every step of the way, what I've trained myself in being able to do is absolutely stretch myself into whatever the next step is. And I see it kind of like we have doors that open in front of us, all these doors that are open in front of us, like, like possibilities. And the door in front of us, when we walk through it, it takes us into a new room, kind of like a new arena to play in. Mm-hmm arena is our next level and when we play in there in that new arena there's obstacles in that new arena and when we face those obstacles that's what grows us to a new level and then we kind of like master that level almost like a game right and then there's new doors that come off that room so then we move through those and we move through those and it just it carries on like that so what I've done and I'm, I'm gonna answer your question but what I've done over the years is constantly step into the next level always stretching myself. And then it just came to the point where I'd already been running a certain type of event that I'd already stretched myself into. And there was a point where that was a really big stretch. They were five day leadership events with a hundred people in the room, really, really, really deep work. And um, what, you know, there was a choice. Am I going to just keep developing that or what is the next level? And so just asking myself the question that I've always asked myself, which is if I was being at the fullest capacity of my leadership, what would I be creating? What would I be providing? Well, that's pretty awesome. And I'm sure that you use that same question kind of regularly to check in with yourself. All the, all the time, pretty much every day is the main question. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's pretty you know awesome. And that's what we're here to talk about today is personal leadership. And there's, yeah, no better person after I've done my research, because I research every single guest that comes onto this podcast. So I have a clear understanding to talk about this than you. And one thing that I want to talk about first is I found something pretty amazing over on your Facebook page. And I want to start off kind of leading into our set of questions for the, the next kind of 30 minutes into this. And this is what you said, Kate, and anyone listening, you know, listen up. If there's anything you listen to, listen to this part of the episode, because what you said on your page is pretty awesome. You said, this is probably the most important post I've written. If you want 2020 to be an upgrade, you need to read this. It's pretty pretty easy to predict where people are heading, despite good intentions and New Year's resolutions. You look at where they're currently at, their current thinking, and their current level of decision-making or lack of, and you can pretty accurately predict more of the same. You go on to say, Kate, why? Simply because we have a direction that we're drifting in a probable future, and nothing truly alters the direction of that probable future unless, and then you go on to say, leadership is present. And you talk about leadership exists to the alter to alter the trajectory of where we're headed. It exists to create a new future instead of the predictable future of where you're drifting to. That is why leadership exists. And whenever I'm banging out about leadership, which we're going to continue in just a minute, it's that content that I'm coming from. Uh, and then you had talked about how you've been talking a lot lately about you know how you literally had transformed your marriage and some of your family and your family dynamics. And then you go on to say, but guess what? Relationships don't alter their predictable course unless leadership arises within that. Businesses don't alter their predictable trajectory unless leadership arises within that. And then you go on and on to talk about breaking it down to even like communities don't alter their predictable trajectory unless leadership arises within that. And you say no matter the amount of good intentions or hoping or wishing the change for the future, again, you're going to have to step into that. And I want to step, and I want to, I think it's just so powerful because again, you've laid a beautiful um, foundation about this leadership. But for those that are listening, like I get it, you get it. We've been in this type of space for a while, but what does personal leadership actually, like what's the definition? So we're kind of all leading from the same page today. Awesome. Um, thank you for starting there. So first of all, leadership is not in this context that we're talking about something that is a theory, but not actioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're not talking about theoretical leadership. We're also not talking about purely being something that someone is on a stage or in front of people and people type leadership. We're talking here about, in this context, personal leadership. What is that thing that we switch on within ourselves that when we switch it on and we come from that place, i.e. personal leadership, 
we literally alter the trajectory of where we're heading. Kind of like if you imagine in your mind, everyone who's listening, a river. And so imagine this river has like a current that's heading downstream, right? It's just a soft, gentle current. And you're in a canoe on top of that stream. And if you're sitting in that canoe and not doing anything, where are you heading? In the direction of the current. Mm-hmm. That direction that the current is taking you is basically like where our lives are. There's a drift of that current heading you in absolutely predictableness that you will head down where that current is taking you. All of our lives are exactly the same. If we don't interrupt, intervene with our own personal leadership inside of the areas that actually matter to us, marriages, families, communities, our businesses, there is a predictableness to where we're heading and the results we're going to get. We're going to get more of the same unless something intervenes and interrupts that, tr- that drift. That's where personal leadership comes in. Personal leadership is who are you being that is going to alter where you're heading. This is now, instead of a predictable future, we're talking about created futures. So the fact that she exists as an event and an experience to transform the lives of women through Australia and New Zealand is a created future that I saw by asking myself some meaningful questions. Then I saw the possibility of something. And then as I saw the possibility of this future, I simply claimed it and declared it and committed to it. Now, those three words are actually very intentional. I claimed it. I defined it. I declared it. The declaration is extremely important. And then I committed to it. So in that commitment, commitment means something to me because I've really understand the power of our word. And this is another thing. We can't create a new future, a created future, unless we have a strong power with our word. So in saying that she is going to exist and declaring it publicly, then I had, I think it was, you know, 10 months to pull it off, the first event that we did. And in that 10 months, I had to get unstoppable in coming coming up against every obstacle that we came up against to fulfill on my commitment and my promise to have this event for women. And it's kind of like just how I talked about five minutes ago, we open a door, right? The door is when we walk through and claim that thing that we see. Then I moved into this new room. The new room was producing this event called She. As I was in this new room, there were multiple obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You've got to lock the door behind you. When you're doing something in the next level, you've got to lock that mother freaking door so that when you come up against an obstacle that really scares you, you can't, you're not going to run and exit stage left. Mm-hmm. This is where people who are constantly stuck at a certain level and they feel like they're taking one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back, but things really don't change financially, business-wise, relationship-wise. It's because, one, they're not requiring themselves to go to the next level. And two, they're not locking the door behind them after they step into that next level room or arena. Mm-hmm. So the door was locked. So that meant everything I came up against in that 10 months, there was no option to turn back. I had to figure out a way. I had to get innovative. I had to get creative. Do you know what that does for a human being? It has them grow. Mm-hmm. It has them build internal muscles of creativity and innovation, all the rest of it. So yes, the first event was pulled off, hugely successful. And But who I got to become through that process was a way bigger, more expanded version of myself than the woman who said yes to this created future, scared shitless, but decided to declare it and commit to it anyway. Wow. So that, I mean, and did you, for you, when you say like, was it always easy to know that you had to go in and like you, like, you know, now that you've got to lock the door, but what, like, how did you, how did that evolve for you though? Like, cause obviously you would have, I look at, I don't like using the words mistakes or failures. I look at them as the lessons we need to keep growing and keep moving forward. And that's, that's what we needed to get to the next step. But how did you know that part of this stretch, part of this uh, next journey, you know, leveling you up and you stepping into that, you know, your awesomeness, how did you know that those other components are like, you got to lock in the door, you're there, you're committed, you got to keep going? Or was it like, just you had to figure out it along the way? Look, yeah, absolutely. Yes and yes. It's one of the foundational principles of 
leadership. So remember, leadership exists to produce new futures, new results. That's essentially in a nutshell. So if leadership exists to produce new futures, new results, then one of the foundational um, principles that has leadership exist is commitment. In the absence of commitment, no new results, no new future. Yep, makes sense. You got to, yeah, 100%. So when you talk about the key leadership principles, and obviously commitment is being one of those, can you share with us the other key commitment uh, leadership principles that you have found throughout, you know, your learning and helping people from around the world? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll, there's, there's a, few, a number of things we could look at, but I want to kind of look at probably the most easiest to apply. One would be actually being able to see that new vision. To see a life or a possibility beyond your current circumstances. So let's say you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're in business, um, you're a mum, you're time poor, <laughs> you know, you're, you're stretched to capacity, you're exhausted, <laughs> you've yep. got bloody everything pulling at you and the aunt and, and this and and you don't know right so so that's the situation I remember being in that situation now we can look out into our current environment and just see too much stuff coming in us we're too exhausted we're too don't have enough time and we can just continue to insist that that is the only way it is we continue to fight for our current reality right and then how do you fight for your current reality you complain you moan you bitch you say, you know, all of that stuff for me sucks. I don't have enough time, don't have enough money. Or you can lift your vision and see something beyond that. Right? This is the first thing. No change is going to happen unless you can see a possibility beyond that. And I'm not saying you've got to see the 20-year vision, but you've got to see something beyond that. Some more freedom, some more time, blah, 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 whatever it is. And then... I would say keep pushing and pulling with that vision. Keep pushing and pulling with it and playing with it till something starts to pop out and pop through as a possibility. So one of the things I saw many years ago, I had a huge career before I ran, started this business. Huge career. I was also building up this business part-time, mum of two kids, super capped with my time and financially we were capped. And so, you know, I remember having the seed of possibility where I was interviewing Dr. John Martini, and he said that, you know, this is a guy who used to live under the bridge, under a bridge. Now he, he's a multimillionaire and he's, you know, he's outsourced everything. He's got a massive team. And I remember him talking about that and I thought, wow, the possibility of having a full team and of outsourcing and delegating everything that was not in my zone of genius. Like this was a, like a moment for me because I saw someone else who did it. And, you know, I didn't, one, I didn't know how to do that. Two, I didn't see that as possible for me, but I had to trust. And this is where I had to, so I decided that day, I decided that I was going to build the ultimate team, full-time team, who took care of everything and left me only focusing on my zone of genius. So every single day, I saw that in my head. I wrote about it. And then I started and I had to get so creative to start building my team. Nowadays, I have 12 full-timers working for me. We have you know, various contractors. Literally everything is delegated out except for the things that I really want to do, like the episodes and uh, coaching and stuff like that. Um, but if I hadn't have been willing to have grabbed that vision and really held on to it, nothing would have changed. You would have just been, you know, the hamster wheel around, around, around doing the same thing or complaining or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, I even have someone who, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to say comes around and hair, uh, blow dries my hair three times a week. Um, Don't be my embarrassed. D- my good friend, Denise Duffield Thomas, you know what I mean? She will be all about, you know, uh, like yeah. outsource, you know, I look yeah. at this as you outsource, whatever, but it's also if that, if it's going to be, it's going to make you feel good, but equally it's, it helps you probably be more productive. It's just blow dry three times a week. You don't have to think about it. You can just keep being with your family, have the freedom, whatever that is for you. But yeah, I'm all about it. Don't I say, own that shit sister. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Three things I don't outsource, sex. (laughs) Yep, okay, check. (laughs) Parenting, you know, marriage and the 
training coaching pieces that yep. everything everything else literally in my life is fully outsourced i don't cook i don't clean i don't do my own hair i don't i just don't do any of that stuff we've got a massive team we've got full infrastructure but i had to see that and i tell you what the day i claimed that it felt the most uh, it felt like a fantasy but where i actually started so i want to just kind of get practical and real here because i actually locked that in right i saw a new future i locked it in and declared that for myself and i wrote about it every day I had, of course, and then I came smack up against my own doubts and concerns, but I just had to be almost like arrogantly committed to this until it became more and more real for me. Mm-hmm. And then where I started was this. I decided, like, where's my first win? Like, where's my first point of leverage that I can get? And I thought, well, I, fuck, I've got to get a freaking housekeeper, right? Yep. But at that point, I actually had no money for it, like extra money hanging around for a housekeeper, but I wanted to get someone in for 15 hours a week. So I just got creative. And this is a part when we commit to something bigger, and we actually commit to it rather, we commit to that rather than our, than the current reality. We get to become creative and innovative. Mm-hmm. And it builds in us the muscle of creation and innovation. I've got to say, I've got some bulging muscles of creativity and resourcefulness and innovation because I've just kept honing this muscle over the years. Mm-hmm. But what happened at that point was I thought, okay, so I want to get a housekeeper. What are all the ways in which I can bring in new money? in a more leveraged way and then redirect that money into housekeeping. So, you know, housekeeping, I could get a housekeeper for $25 an hour. So great. What are all the ways I can earn more than $50 an hour? Does that make sense? Totally. 100%. So so what I did was I thought back then, it was a long, long time ago, eyelash extensions were brand new. Now, just to be clear, I'm not a beauty therapist at all, but I am. (laughs) But I am innovative. So yeah. I jumped on I jumped on YouTube. I learned how to do eyelash extensions. I jumped on like our local eBay and I purchased the products and I practiced on some friends. I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to put out some adverts and I'm going to make myself an eyelash extension person. And I charged them for $80 a session. So just do the math. One eyelash client for one hour got me a return on investment of three hours of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Pretty good investment. Boom. Boom. So I just did a few hours of, um, of eyelash clients and then I freed myself up and I got 15 hours of housekeeping. And, you know, that is the level of approach that has got me to the point of having now a team of 12 full-time staff members from just being creative and unstoppable because we are literally surrounded by a sea of opportunities, literally. We've got so much opportunity banging at our door. But if we keep insisting on poor me, can't do it, current reality, we're not even going to be available to see what's around us. Exactly right. Because it's just, it's like the dark cloud lingers over us, yep. you know, and it's yep. and you've got to get over that dark cloud. And, and I also think, you know, one of the things I was actually speaking with a few friends about this the other day is in business, as you start to grow, and I don't, I can't speak for you, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this too, Kate, is that as I started to grow, what I started to find, grow both internally as a person, but also financially and, you know, become more known and things like that, is that there was other pockets of people who may have always had a dark cloud around me, maybe, maybe not, maybe I didn't see it. But then I almost felt like I had to shed a few people, uh, both friends and family members, to be honest, as I started to grow and started to, you know, commit to new visions and stretch myself because they no longer wanted to be supportive. Did you have you experienced that in your journey? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think it's it's valuing Valuing yourself, valuing what matters to you, valuing living a life that really has meaning and impact, whatever that means to you. And therefore, understanding if you value those things, you also value time and energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been over the years less worried about just those kind of small fears of wanting people to like me or not wanting to cause upset if it means that I get to live, you know, in, in some level of alignment, whatever that means. Yes. Yep. yep. No, 100%. So I just think it's like the other ladies that I was speaking to about this is there's not a lot of people that will talk about this, right? So you kind of, when you start your first business, like when you start in business, there's an essence of like loneliness and things that you go through. And then when you get bigger, there's another level that you go through, but there's not a lot of people that talk about that. I feel like when you start to get through those next kind of levels. So it's always good, I think, just to kind of plant the seed for people. Cause if you are in that and you're listening, know that it's normal and it happens and that's okay. But if we go back to the key leadership principles, obviously key leadership number one is what you're saying is people need to be able to have, see and have that new vision, that really clear vision that they're going to step into. What are some of the other principles that have, def- that have helped to define, you know, that really the ultimate that personal leadership? 
uh, declaration and commitment. So those are the three remains, yep. Yep. So I'd say we'd follow up with those two. So declaration and commitment, obviously, and, and that kind of self-explanatory, right? But the thing is, the reason why people will not declare a new future is because the moment they declare it, <laughs> they they know that they're going to people are watching. Yep. And but here's the thing: the moment you don't declare it, you're screwed. Because mm-hmm. in the process of not declaring it, of deciding, and by the way, not doing something is a decision. It's a it's a de- declaration to the, to yourself that you're not committed. The moment you don't declare something and you hold back you're literally declaring to yourself that that door is fully open and the moment shit gets tough, I'm bailing on this. Mm-hmm. So that is the way to set yourself up for failure if you would like a strategy for failure. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. So new vision, declaration, and then the commitment. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, commitment is like is once you've said it, it's done. It's as good as done deal. And, you know, most people, we don't usually have a powerful relationship to our word or to our commitment because we have bailed on ourselves so many times. Now, even in this, I just want to say it's not, this is not a good or a bad thing. This isn't a morality conversation of you're a good person because you commit, you're a bad person if you bail on yourself. It's actually just what has us be effective. And so... An element of this is actually cleaning up where we have um, basically bailed on ourselves over the years or not been our word, where we've lost power with our word. So one of the things that I did many years ago was I wrote a, I got a book and I wrote a list of all the areas of where I'd essentially kind of let myself down or that was feeling like open loops or things that felt incomplete in my life or things where I kind of screwed up and I hadn't really taken accountability and ownership for it. And this was a hefty, hefty, hefty several page list that kind of kept growing every time I realized something. But what I did was spent like months committed to going through and sort of just addressing each thing mm-hmm. because what we do is we have all of this stuff sort of existing like open loops in our head and on the inside of us energetically and it has a massive big drain and a lot of times why people uh, find it hard to commit and move forward with one thing and like really get traction is because they've got so much mess going on in the background mm-hmm. sort of like if you walk into a kitchen and you, if you want to create a beautiful meal in that kitchen and there's all of these unwashed dishes all over the bench it's kind of hard to actually really create something beautiful because you actually kind of need to clean the kitchen first (laughs) exactly right the loop is still open yeah exactly and it's kind of like that with our lives we've got all these dirty dishes in the background and the thing that shifts us into our power in a new way that then would allow us to declare and commit and really have a strong relationship to our word is go through and wash the bloody dishes so I washed my dishes for months and then every time I would see like another dirty cup pop up and I was like, shit, I didn't see that behind the pop plant. <laughs> and then I'd be like, damn. And these were things like, I remember, you know, one of the things on the list was I'd stolen from a shop when I was in my uh, late teens or maybe I was 20. I can't remember. I was, it was actually when I was on drugs. And um, it was, I had to go back to that shop and tell them and clean it up and pay for the items. And, you know, this was what, 10 years later? And I felt like a freaking idiot and I felt ashamed walking into that shop, embarrassed. And um, it actually ended up being like a freaking amazing moment. Here I was walking in feeling shamed, embarrassed. I was shaking. I, my heart was racing. And I said to the lady at the counter, can I please speak to your manager? And, and then this young girl came out. She goes, I'm the manager. She thought I was going to go off at her about something. Oh, no. and, I said, and I said, can we, um, do you mind if we talk? I just want somewhere private to talk. And she was like, you could see she was starting to shake. And so right. she's like, what's going on? Yeah. And so we sat down and I said, look, I've just got to say, I, you know, I was in your shop, um, you know, years ago and I stole two pieces of clothing and I'm really freaking sorry. And I've just actually come back to take ownership of it and to pay for the items. We, anyway, we both cried and hugged and we had the most extraordinary conversation. She said, she said, I've never had this happen before. She said, this is insane. She said, I have people come and go off at me, not have this kind of, yeah, so it was amazing. And she said, don't worry about paying for it. So I didn't have to pay for it, but it was just, I walked out of there feeling 10 foot tall. Well, yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, but even just that emotional release, I mean, not only have you closed the loop, the dirty dishes are gone for that particular thing that you were focused on, but just the sense of almost freedom, like you're, it would have felt so good. 
it felt amazing. And so, you know, there's these months of going through and just cleaning up all the stuff, cleaning up, cleaning up, cleaning up. I just keep feeling more in, I don't know if proud of myself is the word, but more and more, just more connected. I felt more free. I felt more lighter and it gave me, it was like cleaning the kitchen. Then there's been more space to create from. Now, here's the thing. This is the, one of the key areas that my husband and I live our life from is cleaning as we go. Mm-hmm. And so it is a process. I'm, we can, as humans, we continue to make messes, but it's a clean as you go kind of a gig. And so, you know, we clean as we go, just like you do the dishes after every meal, you keep cleaning. And so, yeah, it was that big initial spring clean session, but it's been cleaning as you go. And so, you know, we do that in relationship. I talk, We talked a little bit at the start and you read that post about how I said leadership exists inside of marriages and relationships as well. That's been the exact same process within our marriage of transforming it. We had stuff to clean out. We had our own dishes to clean within the relationship and then once you clean a dish in a relationship, you get to, you get a space where you get to create something new together as a couple. And so, yeah, that's been also. It kind of reminds me a little bit about, um, obviously Denise Duffield Thomas were friends. And one of the things that she talks about in, I don't know if it's what book is it get like, get rich like you bitch. I think maybe that's the one, but when she talks about the emotional clearing through forgiveness, right. And she talks Uh about, you know, you having to sit there uh, around like your things and the drama from the past about money and that, you know, she like, it's very similar, you know, you got to write the list out and you've got to be able to, you know, you know, forgive and, you know, all all of that. Right. And I think it's, it's such powerful. I know I've done that with Denise before, not with Denise, but like uh, just just on my own. And and the process is quite, it can be a little bit um, confronting when you start to write those lists out, because I think we have blocked things for so long in our lives. And then we're like, oh shit, that probably is holding us back. But you know, that list that you talk about and being able to, and but also to look at that new vision and being able to declare it in that commitment, my commitment around some of those money blocks that I was having was to go through this. And as hard as it was, it was liberating all at the same time. It was very hard to put into words. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the questions though that I have is both you and I pre-recording, actually, we were talking a little bit about grief and loss. And uh, some of my listeners know, others who are new will know that obviously in the last two years, I've lost four significant people, my grandmother on Christmas, my brother on Mother's Day, a father type figure on New Year's Day, and a dear business friend a couple weeks into the new year also. And, and it was tough. And I'm curious to know, obviously, you two have experienced loss with your brother-in-law, Patrick, recently. My question to you is, is when unexpected things come into our life, because things happen, right? I'm curious to know, how do we stay on track with the new vision and the declaration and commitment at a time of grief? Yeah, it's a great question. Because to be honest, this has been such a big thing, losing obviously my husband's brother. Mm-hmm. I've known for 17 years and it's only been, what, 10 weeks. So it's so new. It's so fresh. It's so recent. Um, with, you know, the whole family still in major grieving, grieving that, yeah, I'm still finding my feet in this. Yep, 100%. Um, so it's still like, again, it's that learn, I guess it's, none of us, I mean, that's the thing is we, not, none of us are prepared for any of this, right? Like it's all new, but but you still, I would say, again, and this is one of the things that people had said to me when all of this happened, they go, but and you still made your goals. You still yep. got out of bed. You still put one step for like one foot forward. You yep. like, you still like, I still trust me. Like I'll be driving and a damn, as you know, a song will come on and I'll be like, ah, you know, so like grief hits me multiple yep. times a month or sometimes it can be daily, but yes. somehow, and I guess I haven't been able to put to words. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's not, and it might not be like a, it might not be a word, but I've still been able to stay true to that do you know I mean vision and that declaration commitment while still allowing myself to grieve. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes people think it has to be one. Well, this is my opinion that it has yeah. to be, I'm either grieving or I'm succeeding. Whereas I've been able to honor both in this place. So I'm just curious to know yeah. like what, what you have felt in your journey. Yeah, for, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll try and put it into words because you're right. It's hard, but I, I'm gonna, I want to try and put this into words. So one, I'm still finding my feet in it. But two, also what I've learned over the years is that I'm actually okay with both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. I'm really fucking up for playing big, but I've also really gotten used to over the years that I'm actually okay with being in part of failure at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
And I want to explain this so that people have the context for what I'm saying, because I know there's a lot of coaching out there or coaches or people in the personal development industry who are only up for showing the shiny side. Oh, don't get me started. Yep. Uh-huh. Or, yep, <laughs> yep. And then that's from a marketing perspective, but also I think they kind of tangle and kind of F themselves up in their own head because they think they're supposed to be perfect. I'm under no false illusion that there's any perfection over here with me. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm up for playing a life where I'm playing full out. So I think just that in itself gives me so much freedom you wouldn't believe because I'm, you know, the while I'm grieving, while I just am still finding my feet, while I know my husband's grieving, well, just while all of this is happening, I'm okay to still take action, right? Mm-hmm. It's I'm okay to take a couple of hours off. If that's what I actually need, that's okay. I'm going to take a couple of hours off but I'm not going to have all of the wheels fall off my buggy at the same time. Right. I'm going to take those couple of hours off and then I'm going to do whatever an action I need to do. And then if I really need to take a whole lot of actions, I need to take a whole lot of actions, but I don't also don't have to get onto a podcast and put on this bright, happy face. If that's actually not how I'm feeling, I can be professional. I can bring my best fo- foot forward, but I can also be truthful. And I think that in itself for me has probably made all the difference in my life and in the process and in what I'm able to actually show up with and for because there's not, you know how we talked about open loops before, mm-hmm. if there's all of this, this kind of background energy of trying to get it perfect, trying to look like you're getting it perfect, trying to be this thing, good Lord, that's exhausting. Yep, 100%. So I think just all of that inside of a nutshell with, I, I'm so self-compassionate with myself. Um, and you know, look, I'll be honest, I still self-doubt. I still feel anxiety. I still get all of that. None, none of that shit has fully gone away for me. And, and I talk about this a lot on my own podcast and on my own, in my own writings. I talk about the fact that I still self, self-doubt, and, but I still also play big. I just mm-hmm. think that there's both sides to us. There's both sides to life. There's an up and there's a down. There's polarity. You know, you've got a magnet. You've got the positive side and the negative side. Good. Yeah. Congratulations. Now get over it and do what you're here to do. And if you need to take a rest, take a rest, but then get on with it. Yeah, exactly right. And that's, I guess, what exactly what I've done is I'm just like, I'm sad when I need to be sad, but I'm still like, I love what I do. And, you know, I too, I run Australia's leading four day, three night women in business retreat. Like I too, like I'm about playing big and it's not just about playing big for me too. It's about the impact that I can have in other people's lives and that it, by me, do you know what I mean? Um, not continuing. And, and I like, I think the word you use was staying true to yourself is that by not mm. staying true to myself, I'm actually doing a disservice to all those women that I can't support because um, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not staying true. So it's like, I just go, you know, like I said, cry when I need to cry, embrace it when I need to. But yeah, like you said, take action. You can have both and it still will be okay. Mm-hmm. You talk about owning your unique flavor. So for those listeners that have been listening to this great podcast about stepping in to personal leadership and really those key components that are involved, which is, in, uh, you know, declaring or having your vision, declaration and commitment for those that want to find their own unique flavor and really jump into their own personal leadership. What's one thing that they can do today to start making that happen? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I just wanted to find what I mean by own your unique flavor. Sure. I think we can, once again, really, I just see it too much. We screw ourselves up when we say this about me, this part of my personality, this part of my experiences I had in life. Whenever we just make any part of ourselves wrong, like I would be better if this wasn't a part of me. Mm-hmm. I would be better if I was more like her, if I was more like this thing, right? I did it. Oh my God, I did it. I used to think that it was a mistake that I had the drug addiction or that it was a mistake that I had the kind of childhood that I had. And I used to be in this kind of real poor me sort of space around it. Like, oh, me, drug addiction, me, the, the anorexia. And then I actually, there was kind of like, this was my other turning point, Angela, when, when I realized, oh my goodness, like what if all of that was actually meant to be? Mm-hmm. What if I was meant to have the dad that I did when my dad was um, an alcoholic and he got really violent as a kid? We actually now have an extraordinary, exquisite relationship. What if I was meant to have him as my dad and that that wasn't a mistake? Because I got to say, I'm the, I'm the woman I am today with the perspective and the kahunas and the everything because of him being my father, mm-hmm. because of what I've had to grapple within myself over the years, the fall, the rise, and also to grapple within myself to come through to create an exquisite relationship with him. Those things I finally got 
are not were not a mistake. And that therefore, if they weren't a mistake, I should damn well give up trying to be someone different on any level. And where I'm perhaps like a little bit more rough around the edges and not so polished, I also gave up trying to make that perfect and to try and kind of iron out those creases and those flaws and whitewash myself a bit more. So I suppose what I'm saying is that we have like all these little things that are like ingredients that make up our own flavor. Our flavor is perfect. And I think when we really get that and then we get it and then we get it again in ourselves, we just get to really step into ourselves on a, on a different level. We kind of, and more of us comes through because we're not pushing parts of us away. So more of us comes through. We actually, it's like revving up more of our own engines. And one, we've got, we can make the impact we're actually here to make. But two, we're actually connected to all of our power because we're not spending all of this time inside ourselves trying to fight with ourselves. And that stuff is exhausting. So yeah, it puts us square back into the driver's seat of our own power. And what was your next question, Angela? Because <laughs> I think I don't know if I No, 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 no you're totally fine. So, no, so you talked about that. And my thing is, it's like, if there's one thing that they're sitting there today going, you know what, I need a new vision. I need to get my shit together and I need to have the life that I want. What is the one thing that you would say, like, this is it. Just go and do this. Oh, uh, yeah. Just pay attention to where you're feeling nudged. Pay attention. You, yeah. You've actually, you actually are, you've got it on the inside. You've got little nudges. And it possibly sounds like this. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if dot, dot, dot. Or it could sound like this. Oh, I wish they would dot, dot, dot. Right. Yeah. So you're actually getting nudges. But if you have been more practiced in fear and, you know, being more committed to your current reality and thinking that you can't, like you just got to retrust, 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 and then start paying attention to the little seeds. They're like little wee seeds and then just start following the direction of them. Depends. Some people know where they want to go and that you just actually just got to like woman up and do it, take some action. But some people actually don't know what they want. And so therefore you've got to start generating your own clarity. And the way in which you generate your own clarity is by stop spitting out constantly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you want to start saying, all right, paying attention. If I was paying attention, what would I be noticing? Where am I feeling nudged? Oh, okay, that's an interesting thought of wouldn't it be amazing if? Start following that stuff. Start getting out into your life more and paying attention to where the clues are because there's a ton of clues. And then you just got to choose something and that you feel drawn to and you start following it. And it's kind of like a um, you pull on a piece of string. Once you really start paying attention trusting yourself, start following some directions of where you're feeling led. It's like the string will be pulled and unraveled and more of it will be revealed. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Then all of a sudden bigger chunks will reveal. Those become like doors, open the door, step into the new arena. Perfect way to end the podcast. I like it. Step in. And I like the analogy of like, it will continue to like unravel, right? It will become more yeah. and more and you'll get to that. Now, for those of you though, you've talked a lot about how others can step into the personal leadership. My question to you is, is what are you stepping into for 2020 with the business? What does that, what does your stretch look like for you this year? Uh, yeah. Uh, taking she to the next level. So mm-hmm. And in taking she to the next level, we've had to build much more infrastructure into our company. So I've just employed six new full-time team members three months ago. So that was phase one of this. And so phase one was employing those six women, getting like the right people onto the bus, the right people onto the right seats on the bus. Yes. And then we've had, you know, infrastructure being built within the company. And we've just, we're just at the end of that now where those six women have had a full coaching program for the last three months. They are now fully in place. Like they're all like strapped in into their seats in the bus. And you know, the bus is off now. So we're now moving into phase two. And then in November, end of this year, she will be um, in Australia and it's going to be twice the size, twice the impact, twice the everything. Dude, fantastic. And I hope you will keep me up to date when you release dates and tickets so I can make sure that I can share those across with the podcasters and everyone because, you know, it is going to be a pretty epic event. So uh, yes, well, thank you so much for being here today. Before we wrap up, though, I'd like to know where can people learn more about you and connect with you? What is the best platform from them? 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, socials at Kate Marie O'Brien, Instagram or Facebook. Can I also give a the, the recording of the training at She? Yeah, Would yeah. that be okay? I'm yes. so sorry. I should, should have even asked beforehand. Um, yeah. So there is the one of the trainings I teach on stage at She. The day two, there was a full training that there's a full recording of that you can actually get for free. There's actually nothing to for sale on the training. It's not. It's not that kind of gig. I just want people to get it because it's so. It's such a bloody important training that uh, people have huge results in just listening to this one training. So you can get that at Kate Marie O'Brien dot com forward slash training dude fantastic anything that can help anyone out i say so if you're out there and you've loved this episode and you're kind of ready and eager i would definitely encourage you to make sure that i head to the website and also we will have all of the links and everything in the show notes too in case you didn't catch that one last question though is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started that i can do it <laughs> you can do and it that that i can do it and that i'm designed for it and that um, the fear and self-doubt doesn't mean anything and that I can just literally trust myself. Dude, fantastic. I love, love hearing everyone's little at the ends. What do, what do they know now that they wish they knew when they started? So thank you so much for being here today. And just before we sign off, for those of you listening, please remember my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram stories. You could tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting or Kate also. Kate, can you give us your handle for Instagram? Yeah, at Kate Marie O'Brien and Marie is M-A-R-E-E at Kate Marie O'Brien. Yeah, so take the both of us. We love to zoom in and see the Instagram story so we can equally share. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. But thanks again, Kate, for spending time with us today. I greatly appreciate it. And I can't wait to see the continuous ripple and positive impact that you have on so many women in 2020. For the rest of you, have a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.